This is Shimon Newborg with Hilchus Shechita, the laws of Shechita, chapter 7. This chapter contains 21 halachas dealing with, uh, primarily with trefa of the lung, that is, imperfections, perforations or punctures of the lung, which render the animal trefa. In chapter 5, we learned that there are eight different kinds of imperfection that render an animal or a bird trefa. One of them, which we learned the details of in the previous chapter, is nekuva, if one of eleven organs is punctured. Now, one of these eleven organs is the lung, and since the lung has many complex laws, the Rambam gives this a chapter by itself. At the very end of the chapter, we will also discuss the subject of the change of color in some internal organ. Haloche Aleph, Shnei Krumis Yeshal Horeya. The lung is covered by two skins or membranes, an inner one and an outer one. Imnikav If one of them is punctured but not the other, Muteres, the animal is permitted, it is not Trefa. Even though the lung, the slightest puncture in a lung, renders the animal trefa, but that's only if it's punctured through both of the membranes. If indeed both of the membranes are punctured, trefa, the animal is trefa. And not only is the law that if one is punctured and not the other, the animal remains kosher, but if either, but, but even if the outer membrane has been completely peeled off, the holachloy, it's entirely gone, and we have no outer membrane at all, only an inner membrane, but the inner membrane is whole and perfect, muteres, the animal remains kosher. If the trachea, that is the windpipe leading down into the lung, if the trachea is punctured uh, in the chest or lower than the chest, with even the smallest puncture, trefa, the animal is trefa as if the lung itself had been punctured. If it's if the trachea is punctured above the chest, when it, where it's still in the throat. We have learned previously that that is nevela. But here we learn that if it's punctured where it's in the chest already, it's considered part of the lung, and it is trefa. Where do we call the chest? That is the place that is so low on the trachea that shchita cannot be performed there. These laws were learned in detail previously in chapter 1, Halocha Zayin. If one began the process of slaughtering, he began cutting for the shechita, and he cut through the entire trachea, and after he has cut through the entire trachea, but he has not yet cut the majority of the esophagus, and we learned that both have to be cut at least in their majority in the case of a behemor chaya. So he has not yet finished the shechita, and then after he has cut the trachea, the lung has become punctured, and thereafter he cut the esophagus and finished the shechita. This is considered trefa. Since the lung 
has been punctured before the shechita is completed, it is considered trefa, even though the lung is now completely detached from the throat since the trachea has been completely cut through. Nevertheless, the lung is still subject to trefa since the animal is still technically alive. So the law applies in any similar situation. One of the... Uh, pipes of the lung, that is one of the bronchial tubes, the major tubes that bring air into the lung, shenikav, if it is punctured, afilu nikav lechaveiroi, even if it's punctured, not from that tube to the outside, but there is a place where two bronchial tubes are adjacent to each other, and it's punctured from one to the other, trefa, the animal is trefa, vereyo shenikva, if the lung is punctured, veolo krumba mako, and now now some skin, some membrane has grown over the injury, and the hole has been stopped up. This does not help at all. And it remains If the main body of the lung has been punctured, the lung, we will learn later, has two sides to it, and each side has a main body and two or three small lobes that uh, come off it. If the main body of the lung has been punctured, even though the uh, flesh of the chest wall is covering the lung and it is stopping it up so that it protects and closes the puncture wound, nevertheless the animal is trefa. However, if the lung is punctured not in the main body of the lung, but in the place where the lung is divided into the separate lobes, that is the upper back part of the lung, which is divided to separate lobes, and that's the place where the muscles of the chest wall are constantly in contact with the lung, then it's kosher because this is not considered a puncture since it's punctured from the lung to the chest wall and not from the lung to the outside. When does the law previously stated apply? That is, that if it's punctured at the place where it separates into uh, separate small lobes and it's always adjacent to the chest wall, the chest wall stops it up, it is kosher. If the place where there is a puncture wound in the small lobes is closed up by flesh of the chest wall. However, if the hole is adjacent not to the flesh of the chest wall, but to bone, to one of the ribs, that is, any megan, this does not protect and it remains trefa. But if the puncture wound here in the small lobes is adhering to bone and flesh, and, it's, and the puncture wound is stopped up by that mutatus, then the animal is permitted. A lung in which there is found even the smallest portion of the lung that is stopped up so that air cannot enter it and it does not inflate. 
air cannot enter in there, it will not inflate and blow up when you force air into the lung. This portion of the lung is considered the same as if it were punctured. And the animal is How do we inspect the lung to see if this is the case? We tear out from the lung the place which failed to inflate when they inflated the lung and we inspect if we find that there is mucus in there now it is permitted because the lung is not stopped up there because of the way the flesh grows it is merely the presence of the mucus that prevented the air from entering but if no mucus no liquid is found in that place then we have a further inspection we put a little spit a little saliva or some straw there for a feather or some similar thing we put in that place and then we inflate it in this if we find that the uh, that the feather or the straw uh, quivers a little bit it shakes then the animal is kosher because that means that there is air escaping at that place and therefore there was air entering it just was not entering sufficiently to inflate that part of the lung in the case of saliva we look for bubbles in the saliva to show that there was air entering there we love but if we do not see any indication of air that is the feather or the a straw does not shake, does not vibrate, or the saliva does not show bubbles. Trefa, that the animal is trefa sheina ruach nichneses l'sham, because we have demonstrated that no air is getting into that place. Halacha zayin reya shetishama bo havora kishenayfchem oisa along in which we hear some sort of an echo, we hear an, a noise, a whistling kind of noise when the lung is inflated. Imnika hamokim shemimanu tushava ha. If we can identify the exact location from which the whistling sound is coming, then we put on that spot some spit or some straw or some similar thing to test whether air is escaping there. If we find that it vibrates, then we have shown, we have demonstrated that the lung is punctured at this place. The animal is If, however, we cannot identify the exact place from which the noise is coming so we cannot make this test we in, uh, submerge the lung into warm water and then we inflate the lung while it's in water in big bake if we see bubbles in the water then the animal is then we know that air is escaping and there is a puncture here and that's what's causing the whistling sound but if we do not see any bubbles then we know that there is no puncture wound here, what's causing the whistling sound it's only the inner 
membrane which has become punctured. The inner skin of the lung is punctured, but not the outer skin, and we learned that that is kosher. And then whistling is coming because haruach tinhag ben shnei air which escapes through the hole in the inner membrane of the lung is now passing between the two membranes this is causing the uh, uh, low whistling sound when the lung is inflated and in fact this is a general principle which you can always keep in mind concerning the lung in any case where we inflate a lung while submerged in warm water and there are no bubbles seen in the water this indicates and proves that the lung is whole and perfect shape when, and there is no hole in it a lung in which the flesh of the lung has become liquid and one can pour the liquid around inside that lung as inside a pitcher however the outer membrane the outer skin of the lung still remains in whole condition it's still in perfect condition and there is no puncture in the outer membrane so that you can shake the lung back and forth and the inner flesh pours inside like a liquid but nothing escapes. Then the rule is if all the bronchial tubes remain in their proper position and they have not become liquefied, the lung remains kosher. If however even one of the small bronchial tubes has become uh, liquefied, it is considered as if it were punctured. Trefa, the animal is trefa, <coughs> because we have learned that a puncture in one of the bronchial tubes renders the animal trefa. Ketzad oisin, what should we do with this lung in order to determine whether any of the bronchial tubes have become liquefied? Noik we make a hole in this outer membrane, and then we pour out all this liquefied meat into a utensil which is coated with lead, or some other coating, so that all the liquid is preserved in it intact. If we see white stringy material in the liquid then we have demonstrated that the bronchial tubes have become liquefied and if we don't see such stringy material then then it is only the flesh of the lung that has become liquefied, and the animal is kosher. If we find bubbles on the surface of a lung, bubbles or blisters, then it depends. If they are found to be full of some air or gas, or clear liquid, or a very viscous fluid, a kind of a mucus which is viscous, 
uh, like honey, v'chayotziboy, or some similar kind of liquid, oylecho yevesha v'kosha, or a liquid that is become very dense and it is almost dry and solid, afilu ke'eben, even if it's become solid like stone, harezu muteres, this is still permitted. V'yenimtes bahen lecho serucho, if however, a foul liquid is found, or some other sort of a foul-smelling or a dark-colored liquid is found, then the animal is treifah. And when ex- when he- one expresses this uh, and squeezes out this liquid in, o- uh, in order to inspect it and see whether the animal is kosher, it's necessary to inspect not only the nature of the liquid that's in that blister, but it's also necessary to inspect the bronchial tube that lies within the flesh below the place where that blister is. Because it's possible that it will be found to have a hole in it, and if we find the bronchial tube there is puncture, then of course, trefa, the animal is trefa. Along in which you find two blisters next to each other, both adjoining, trefa, then the animal is trefa. It's presumed to be treifa shadova korev harbe because it is extremely likely sheyish nekev beinehem that there is a puncture wound between the two uh, blisters ve'enlov derech bedika and there is no way to inspect for such a thing because if we open the two blisters the puncture wound is disappeared hoya achas venira kishtayim if there is one single uh, blister. But it has a certain sort of partial uh, division between it, so that it looks like it might be two. We open one of the blisters. And if we find now that once we empty this blister of whatever is in it, we find that liquid from the other blister pours into this one. Then we know it's one blister. And the animal is kosher. But if not, then the animal is trefa because it's two separate blisters. A lung whose flesh has become softened is trefa. Keitzad, what do we mean by this? The lung is found indeed in its usual uh, condition. It, it seems to be in, in good condition. But when you take the lung out and you hang it up, it falls apart. And pieces of flesh begin to fall off it. So then it is trefa. A lung that is found to have a hole or a puncture in it, in the place where the sheikhet feels with his hand. The, pre, the procedure in shechita is, we will learn this later, uh, that after the shechita, the uh, 
abdomen is cut open and a cut is made in the diaphragm and the sheikhet inserts his hand into the chest while the lung is still in place and he feels the entire lung to see if there are adhesions or perforations there. So if in the place where the sheikhet felt with his hand we discover that there is a puncture wound, muteris, the animal is kosher. V'toilin biyodei because we assume that it was caused by his hand. V'oimrim we say that it must have become perforated from the uh, pressure of the sheikh's hand after the shechita. If, however, the hole is found somewhere else, not where the sheikh put his hand, but we do not know if this hole was made here before the shechita or after the shechita, we make another hole in the lung somewhere else, and we compare the appearance of the two holes, just as we learned that's done in the case of a hole found in the intestines, as discussed in the previous chapter, Halacha Yud Gimel, Ve'ein Medam and Meireya Shal Behema Daka Lereya Shal Behema Gasa. When we make this comparison between two different holes in a lung, we do not make a comparison between a hole and a lung of a small animal to a lung of a large animal but only from the same type of species from a lung of a small animal to a lung of a small animal or from a large animal to a large animal if we find this hole not on the actual surface of the lung, but we find it in some sort of a blister which we learned about in Halacha Yud Alif if we find it in a blister, then the animal has to be assumed and we do not say, let us find another blister here and make a hole in it and compare the two. Because the surface of a blister is very, very thin and there's no way to compare one to another. If a needle is found embedded in the lung, we inflate the lung. And if no air is emerging from the lung, if no air is escaping, then we know there's no puncture. How did this needle get in there? It must have gotten in there. Uh, coming down through the uh, windpipe and down through the bronchial tubes, and it entered the uh, lung that way, and it never made any puncture wound in the lung. Now, supposing the lung has been cut up, and the needle was discovered there before we had a chance to inflate the lung. Now the lung is cut up, there's no longer any way to inflate it and see if there's a puncture wound. We find now a needle in the flesh. Then we have to presume it to be forbidden since we can't make the test. Because in any case it's almost certain that the needle must have made some sort of a puncture 
a wound when it entered the lung. And therefore, since it's most likely that that's what happened, if we can't prove otherwise by inflating the lung, then we assume that the animal is treifa. If we find worms in the lung, and the worm ate its way out and emerged by making a hole, eating a hole through the lung, and it emerged from the lung, and we find the lung punctured there at the place where the worm emerges, the animal is permitted, because the assumption is that it's after the shrita that the uh, worm made this hole and emerged. Yesha Maris there are certain kinds of colors or appearances of the lung, that if a certain organ changes its normal color and assumes this color, this abnormal color, a, a, a organ that assumes such an abnormal color is considered as if this abnormal flesh were missing entirely, as if that is that the... A organ were punctured. Because that flesh, whose color was changed to this color, is considered as if it were dead flesh. And as if this flesh, whose color changed, is not here altogether. And so also the Torah seems to indicate with a posuk that says, Umichyas bosarchai baseis, talking about tsaras, a certain unclean appearance in the flesh of a person. And the Torah speaks of one of the symptoms of tumah is that normal flesh is found in the middle of this abnormally colored flesh. And the normal flesh is here called bosar chai. Living flesh is found in the middle of the abnormally colored flesh. And another uh, place, the Torah also says, on the day in which there will be discovered normal flesh. And here, normally colored flesh is also called bosar chai, living flesh. And from this we infer that any other kind of flesh that is whose color is not normal color is not considered living flesh so in keeping with this rule that abnormally colored flesh is considered as if it were not there and the organ is considered punctured a lung whose color has changed either the color of the entire lung or the color of one part of the lung then if it was changed to one of the permissible colors then even if the entire lung changed color it's permitted if however it changed to one of the forbidden colors even the smallest amount the animal is because a forbidden color is considered as if it were not there altogether and as if there were a puncture wound here as we stated in the previous halachev 
And a puncture wound, even the smallest amount, is forbidden. There are five forbidden colors in the long. And these are they, black, like black ink, or yellow, like the fuzz on a melon, or like the uh, yolk of an egg. Or like the color of crocus petals or saffron, or the uh, color of normal flesh. Normal flesh is a deep pink, long is a very light pink, almost white. And so all of these abnormal colors are forbidden. What do we mean by This is what kind of a crocus color? This is a uh, dye which is used for dyeing garments. And it looks like hair that's partly red and partly blonde. If it's found to have the color of uh, leaves of the date palm, which is a sort of a greenish color, then we forbid it because we are in doubt as to what this color actually is. Because it's very similar to a forbidden color, it's very similar to a yellow. Uh, all of these... Uh, um, Colors, we do not forbid the lung, the animal that has such a lung, until we first inflate the lung, and we massage it by hand, and then we look at the color. If the color now changes back to a permissible color, the animal is kosher. But if this color, this abnormal forbidden color, remains after we do this, asura only then is it forbidden. There are four permitted colors in a long. These are the a bluish black color, green, like a kind of a grass that's called chotzer, or red, or like the color of liver. And even if the lung is not a uniform color, but it's made of patches and spots uh, composed of all four of these colors, nevertheless, it remains permitted. If a bird uh, falls into the fire, and its uh, heart has turned yellow, or the liver has turned yellow, or the gizzard has turned yellow, or the uh, intestines, which are normally not red, have turned red, 
Mayim Shalay, its intestines have turned red, Bechol Shahu, even in the smallest amount, Hadezu Trefa, this is Trefa, Shekol Hayerukim Shahedimu, because any flesh that's normally yellow and has turned red, Oihu Adumim Shahuiriku, or flesh that's normally red and has turned yellow, Machmas Haoir, because of the fire, because of heat, Poif, if it happens in a bird, Hadez Hain Kimi Shendetlu, it's considered as if it were removed all together and therefore the animal is punctured with treifa and the animal, and the bird is treifa but this is only if this color remains only if it remains after they've been soaked a little bit in water and then massaged this case we speak of only with a bird, because only in a bird is it possible that it will fall into a fire and be heated uh, so that it can change the color of an internal organ and yet not kill the bird. Uh, in the case of a behema or a chaya, this is impossible, because if the uh, behema or chaya were in the fire long enough for the heat to penetrate inside, and uh, change the color of one of the internal organs, the animal will certainly die from that, and therefore it will be nevela anyway. And so we are concerned with this case only with birds. Any bird in which we find, without knowing that it fell into a, the fire, we find the bird with a liver whose color is the yellow color of intestines, or one of the other digestive organs, uh, has changed color uh, to a red. And this change of color remains after soaking and, and squeezing. As we explained in the previous halacha, it is certain that it must have fallen into the fire and it heated up the uh, digestive organs and therefore it's treifa. Even though we didn't see it fall into the fire, this ch- color change could only have resulted from that. And furthermore, if the intestines of a bird are found without any change in color, but when you soak it, so not only didn't you find it falling into the fire, and not only didn't you find it, uh, it changed in color, uh, and you would think that it... Uh, it would be kosher, but But only after it was soaked, it changed color. And only then did the yellow, what's normally yellow, turn red, and what's normally red turn yellow. It nevertheless, it is certain that this could only have happened because it fell into a fire, and it singed, it scorched the digestive organs. So today, Similarly, the esophagus, if the outer layer of the skin of the esophagus is found white, and the inner one is red, 
the opposite of what is normal, regardless of whether we find it in a uh, bird or in a behemoth, it says, if that part were missing, and the animal is trefa. Thank you for listening. Please listen tomorrow for chapter 8.